0: Hello there. Thank you for downloading this starting up podcast from the 18th of October. And on the program today, I was joined by Paul Bryson, the Group Commercial Director of VirtuZone, as we put the focus on UAE edtech startups. Also joining us in the studio was the CEO of the tutoring company Tutoru, which brings undergraduates together with high-achieving peers who've aced their course in the past. We also spoke to the co-founders of the Arabic education platform, Kamklima. Kalima. Plus, our starting up success story was also from the world of education. We were joined by Rob Riding, the director of Harness Foods, who provides school catering right here in Dubai. Plus, Paul Bryson put himself in the hot seat and took questions from the audience in our company clinic. You're listening to Starting Up on the Agenda on Dubai i 103.8.
1: With VirtuZone, business set up, with no regrets.
0: Hello there. Yes. Good morning. Welcome to Starting Up. It is our special program aimed at budding entrepreneurs and enthusiastic small business owners. We've got an hour of informative advice and inspirational stories to get you excited about starting your own business. And to help me grill our guests, I'm joined by a new face from Virtuoso, namely Paul Bryson, who is the group commercial director. Good morning, Paul. How are you?
2: I'm fantastic, Georgia. Thanks very much for having us in. Uh, been here before a couple of times, so yes, a new face to you, uh, but done the show a few times in the past with Tom. Looking forward to getting back into it and getting out of the office for a couple of hours.
0: Yeah, it's lovely to have you with us, and it's lovely to have you. Here to help me basically grill our guests, because obviously I've got a, a radio presenter, a journalistic perspective, mm. but you have that business perspective.
2: I do, I do. And I do have a bit of a reputation in the office for a bit of a griller. So, uh, oh, brilliant. Yeah, so that won't be a problem. That won't be a problem for me. Now, uh,
0: so what are we focusing on this week?
2: Um, our focus this week is edtech. Now, as the sector is expected to expand at a compound annual growth rate of over 16%, between now and uh, 2030. It's already worth more than $100 billion, 100 billion. Can you believe that? So um, you would presume that there is uh, space in the market for growth, particularly here inside the UE.
0: Yeah, and one company that's looking to capitalize on that is Tutoroo. They're a tutoring network that connects undergraduate students who are looking to get course-specific support from their high-achieving peers who've uh, either aced that course in the past or are doing very well in their professional life. And to discuss that, I'm joined on the line now on Teams by their CEO, uh, Saif Ammar. Hi, how are you? Thanks for joining us on Teams. Have a, how are you? Uh, how are you doing today?
3: Hi, Georgia. All good. All good. Alhamdulillah. All good.
0: Fantastic. I'm very pleased to hear you. Uh, and now tell me, what inspired you to start the company? That's where we always like to start with our, you know, our, our inspirational startup stories.
3: So yeah, we we started in the um, uh, in, in the dorm room actually. Uh, it was me and my partner um, and co-founder uh, Yusuf Abdel Hamid. We realized this problem of students not only struggling to uh, uh, struggling with their studies, but also struggling to ask for help. And we all we also realized this complementary problem of students that need to have a hi- side hustle or. Uh, uh, would want to find something that would uh, get them some extra cash. So we realized these two complementary problems, and and decided to build an, to build an app to to connect these people together.
0: So, okay. uh, so Paul, I'll hand the I'll hand the reins over to yeah. you now. Question wise.
2: Yeah. Hi, safe. How are you? Hi, hi. All good. Good, good. Uh, just quickly, how does it work? How does it work in a nutshell? So.
3: Basically, we we started as a tutoring marketplace or a tutoring network that very simply connects uh, this struggling students. They go in, they just type in the class that they're struggling with, and then they can find a student that took the same class with the same professor and aced this class. Uh, What we originally realized is that students, when they're struggling with their class, they would go out, they would try to find a a tutoring mentor outside of their university, and they pay a lot of money for that. So it's a much, much cheaper option and uh, um, a much personalized option to find someone who took exactly the same class and has been in the same shoes as you are. But now we we realize that we, we can help students with a much bigger scope than we used to so we pivoted a little bit to be a social a social network that hosts a tutoring marketplace where um, struggling undergraduate students can also connect with their community uh, find class notes find the uh, uh, class tips and tricks uh, class reviews and also ask questions ask questions and find people that have been exactly in the same shoes and can answer these questions
0: OK, so uh, it sounds like a brilliant scenario because it gives the tutors uh, an opportunity to earn a little bit more cash. How much do they charge? Is it an hourly basis?
3: It's an hourly basis. Yeah. And uh, it's it's up to them. It's up to the tutor. Uh, it depends on on what price they see fit. So,
0: oh, wow. So uh, uh, what does it sort of vary from, though?
3: So it it varies on the experience that you have, uh, how long have you been on the on the on the app? Uh, What are your ratings and reviews? What are your grades? There are a lot of factors that plays a role in, in, in what price that you would see fit and what price that people are actually ready to pay to get these services.
2: Well, that's that's dangerous, right? That's a dangerous pricing model. I wish something like that existed when I was at university. Yeah,
0: me too. I went. To, I walked into one of my exams, uh, which was a, a poetry exam on the the comparison between Keats and Clare, and I can honestly say that I read my. The first poem by Claire, the night before. Um, (laughs) Yeah,
2: I I would say that I was a bit of a crammer as well in that respect. Uh, I don't think I really prepared well in advance. It was the night before everything got got crammed in. I think I was one of the first guys I remember at our school to have a PC and the internet. So I was uh, quite fortunate. But at that point, there was no content. No, no, just distractions. Yeah, absolutely. No content, just just distractions. distractions. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: I mean tell us a bit more safe about how you make sure that these tutors are just helping you know lending a helping hand rather than cheating because because that's the thing so often you need to write an essay right and how, so how do you how do you sort of delineate between the two
3: Definitely there's there's uh, uh, terms and conditions that they sign when when they start uh, to their tutoring services but at the same time, time we what we're looking for is to integrate uh, a video um, video calling through our app to uh, deviate from this problem completely. Uh, but at the same time it's it's a policy that we're working towards uh, uh, avoiding but it has it has its own uh, ups and downs,
2: I would say. Um, so it sounds it sounds fantastic. and It's one of these uh, concepts that's completely disrupted a traditional marketplace. You know, you've know, you brought a new product uh, to the market. I'm wondering, how well has it worked? How, how well has it worked, safe And how many people are using the platform at the moment?
3: So now we have 1,000 users, uh, but we just launched our beta version around two months ago. Uh, we're constantly iterating on the app. Uh, as, I, as I was telling you, it's, it started as a tutoring marketplace, and now it's uh, pivoting a little bit towards it being a social network that holds Hosts a tutoring marketplace, um, so yeah, we we are taking it a uh, univ- a university by other because we're a beach head launching strategy. Uh, but so far, it's going well. We we're just about to launch in NYU Abu Dhabi.
0: Oh, I was concerned that we might be gradually using the line. But uh, Saif, have you rejoined us? I'm interested to hear that you're starting with one university.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah, the network is not the best, but uh, yeah, I was just telling you um, that we we are now launched in uh, in in three universities in in Egypt. We're looking into launching about in in six uni- a total of six universities this semester. Um, we are about to launch by the end of this month in NYU Abu Dhabi. Inshallah, in the UAE. Uh, and yeah.
0: So tell me, how are you planning to sort of monetize the app? Because obviously you're providing potential income streams for uh, you know postgraduates. But how about you guys? Where is is this purely for social action, or are you hoping to get in on the action slightly?
3: We're we're willing to get on the action slightly, yeah. Uh, so so yeah, we're taking uh, a commission um, in in each session, a fifteen percent commission. But also with the with the social network that we're introducing. Where it allows tutors to also market for themselves, share their class notes, uh, give their tips and tricks for classes, and all of that, uh, we 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 are willing to make it a bit of a subscription-based model, depending on the number of anonymous questions that you can answer. Uh, but yeah, the how we're gonna start it is a is a commission-based uh, uh, revenue stream.
0: Have you found it difficult to set up a business? Uh, you know, it sounds like, you know, you, we really have found you right at the beginning of your journey. And it'll be great to talk to you in a few years time to find out how much progress you've made. But but I mean, you, you literally, you're a dorm room startup almost. Uh, how, how difficult have you found it to get set up?
3: I mean, honestly, yeah, it, it has been difficult, definitely. But we've found a lot of resources around us that we didn't expect. Like we we found a lot of incubators, accelerators, and, and programs that really help startups, start-up. They, they, from, from it being an idea and or just a problem that we wanted to solve, to having a prototype that we can test. So we, 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 it is difficult, but we found uh, uh, the right resources, I guess, to, to help us, alhamdulillah.
0: Safe, it's been fantastic to speak to you. Thank you very much for joining us on the line today. Uh, that is Safe Amar, the CEO of the brand new startup Tutoroo, which is a tutoring network that connects undergraduate students looking to get course-specific support with high-achieving peers who've aced that course in the past. A pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Safe. Interesting there, Paul, to hear about how Safe was able to, contact, to sort of access accelerators mm. here in the UAE. Is that something that you find quite a bit with your startup?
2: yeah absolutely Um, the market's changed quite a lot I mean if I think back to about 10 years ago when I started doing this, um, there wasn't any help. There was there was very little help on the ground and now you're starting to see incubators and accelerators pop up, a little bit of governmental help and support. Um, there's a lot more boots on the ground here to help than there ever was. And if somebody comes in and sees us, we can definitely navigate that with them, you know, point them in the right direction. Um, even if we're not going to monetize ourselves, there's nothing in it for us, um, we can still point them in the right direction and look after them because we know they'll come back to us again because they are going to need something further down the line.
0: Do you think that, better here now than elsewhere in the world? Do you think the UAE's accelerated <coughs> itself with its accelerators?
2: Yeah, it's funny you say that, actually. I remember last year I was in London at a conference, and on the day that I was there presenting, um, the UAE could came out and said at government level that we are currently number 16. And the World Bank Index of ease of doing business. And they have this audacious goal. They don't want to be in the top 10. They just want to go straight to number one. So yeah. they're working on that over the next 12 months, which when they put their mind to it, often they get there. But yes, it is becoming a lot easier. Like
0: like I said, we love a survey here on Dubai Eye when the UAE tops it. And there does seem to be an unnerving number uh, that the UAE does manage to reach the rankings uh, of world number one. Right. Up next, we're going to be continuing our theme of EdTech. We're going to be speaking to the team behind an app or a website. It's actually it's neither. It's a platform. That's a website, isn't it, uh, called Cam Kalina. We're going to be speaking to the co-founders in just a few minutes' time. You're listening to Starting Up on the Agenda on Dubai Eye 103.8.
1: With VirtuZone, business set up with no regrets.
0: Hello there. Welcome back to the programme 1023. Welcome to Starting Up. It is our special programme aimed at budding entrepreneurs and enthusiastic small business owners. And this is our chance to get into the real nitty gritty of setting up a brand new business. And to help us, I am joined in the studio by Paul Bryson, the Group Commercial Director of VirtuZone. And on the programme this morning, we're discussing edtech as the sector is expected to expand at a compound annual growth rate of over 16% between now and 2030 and it's already worth more than 100 billion dollars Paul. not a small number
2: no what a statistic what a start not surprising though and this is the place uh this is the place where it's going to grow now joining us on the line is our next startup uh, namely a company called Kamkalima uh, they are an Arabic educational platform for learning and teaching in schools and the co-founders, Sarun Shamigan and Nizreen el Makuk, are here. They're joining us on Microsoft Teams. Welcome, guys. Hello, how are you? Hello. Um, tell me, uh, I'll jump in. Nizreen, how are you?
4: Very well, thank you. And Very happy to be with you uh, both this morning.
2: Yes, you too. Good to see you both. Good to see you both. Uh, what's, what's the aim of your startup? What, what does it do? Tell us a bit more about it, because I don't get it from the name.
4: Sure, so Kam Kelima in Arabic uh, is actually, in in colloquial Arabic, it it means just a few words. And it was uh, started five, six years ago. Sirun and I both come from an education background, so just a little bit of context for the listeners. Um, And we both realized that there was a huge crisis happening when it came to Arabic um, learning in schools uh, in the region, in the Middle East and North Africa. And this is a crisis initially for natives, but I mean for non-natives as well. And the bar seemed uh, very high. Uh, The challenge seemed very big. And from the perspective of students, we wanted to make it uh, feel doable, um, approachable. So starting small with just a few words Um, and working uh, their way upwards. So Kamkalima is a literacy solution. It's aimed at helping young people between the ages of 10 and 18 build their communication skills in Arabic to read better, to speak better, to, to be able to listen and extract more meaning and to express themselves in writing, whether this is for the world of school that they're currently in, or for the world of work that they will be entering into as soon as school's over. So
0: in a nutshell,
5: that's what Camp Kalima is.
0: So Sarun, tell me, when did you start the company? How long have you been running now?
5: Um, Hi, good morning, everyone. So we started the company in 2015 in Beirut uh, um, and uh, moved uh, headquarters to Abu Dhabi in 2019.
0: Oh, interesting! So
5: we've been in the market for six years. Why Actually, did you... UAE was our first market where we launched in 2017 the product?
2: And well, I mean, I think it's very important for you to try and preserve that Arabic identity because I, I think, be, if if you were a native here uh, or, or you were local, you know, going to your supermarket and ordering a loaf of bread, not in Arabic or ever speaking your native language, is something that would be a little bit off-putting mm. to me. But I guess. Um, uh, it's, it's become the way of life here right it's become the way of life and I think it's important for you to preserve that at, at school level um, you know be, being from Scotland we have our own uh, language as well right we have a Scots Gaelic language which I was never taught never learned and don't know a word of it and wish I was taught that in school because I do hear some people speak it when I go home now so I wish we had learned that but <laughs> why do you think there is uh, such a lack of Arabic content here at the moment
4: so, I'm going to jump in here, and I think it's. Um, Im- Uh, both a lack of content, particularly digital content, but I believe more it's a crisis of relevance. So it's not just that the content is not there, but even when the content is there uh, in the form of school textbooks or or otherwise um, available content digitally or, or in print, it's not really related to the lives of young people today, to the interests of young people today. And as we know, education systems are very slow to evolve. You know, textbook curricula, they take 10-15 year cycles to change, and the world is changing at a much, much, much uh, quicker uh, pace of change. And this is why a lot needs to be done to be able to stay abreast with everything that's happening and to remain relevant for the learners of today.
0: So Saroon, tell me, how do you yes. produce your content? Is it just you guys, or do you now have several staff, both here and in Beirut?
5: Oh yes. Uh, so we we produce content, and uh, we we uh, we technology enabled uh, content. So we're both a tech uh, tech company and a content provider. Uh, we have uh, for the tech, we have in-house team. Definitely, our team is now uh, eighteen members. And hopefully by the end of this year, it will be 22. Uh, When it comes to content, uh, partly we produce in-house and partly we outsource to um, people of different um, careers, age levels, uh, different uh, uh, regions, uh, different walks of life, so that we have uh, diversity in our content.
2: I'm just wondering, why why did you decide to move to Abu Dhabi from, from Lebanon?
5: This is to me or the <laughs> Well, whoever I is be- whoever's that. best place to answer
2: <laughs> it, you, you will know.
5: Um, yeah. So as I was saying, uh, we started the company in 2015. It took us almost 18 months to do the research, to build the, 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 the initial beta version of the platform. And it was like a company on a, a management decision to launch not only in Lebanon, but also in the UAE. We knew that uh, UAE is going to be playing a big role in the, in the EdTech market even before COVID and uh, the first year alone, the first academic year was 2017, 2018. We were able to get 17 schools here in the UAE. So that was like um, um, as a confirmation of our assumptions, let's say. Uh, after two years in the market, uh, we decided that it's, it would be a good idea to have a legal entity here in the UAE to be closer to our customers. Uh, after COVID, of course, the customer's needs changed. Uh, before, mm-hmm. it used to be in-person meetings always. Now, it's all virtual. But we uh, we see the growth and the potential of the region, both in the education and the, in the startup sector. So that's why our headquarters are now mm-hmm. based here.
2: And you hit the nail on the head there when you said uh, that you decided to open a legal entity. That's the what the first thing that we tell any international company. Open a legal yes. entity here. Don't try and do the business from the UK, from Lebanon. You have to be here on the ground. And I'll ask you a little technical question because um, I'm boring in this way. Did you set up here as a branch of your Lebanese company or did you set up a new company on the ground in Abu Dhabi? New
5: company.
2: Okay. and is On it, the ground, yeah. Was, and is it owned by the Lebanese company? Is that how you structured it?
5: Uh, initially, yes, but we're moving now. We're uh, we're going to change the structure. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know
2: yes. how difficult that can be. That's why I asked you because that's that's why we're there. And we're we're getting tight for time, right? We've got one minute left. So Nazreen, what's next for the company?
4: Uh, lots of very exciting things. Um, so yeah, it's been five years. We're so happy to have almost a hundred schools partnering with us on this journey of improved outcomes um and and moving forward we have a lot of um exciting things in store for our users and our partners that align with our vision of education being holistic we we don't just teach a language we teach a whole child so we take all of the needs into consideration and based on that Some of our new offerings are really aiming to put Arabic learning back on par with all of the other subjects that we learn at school. Just as exciting and, and just as uh,
2: challenging. I love how passionate you are about yeah. this as a business and that's you know a business will be successful if you are passionate about it I love to see that.
0: Yeah really really lovely and, and and honestly we, you're joined on teams and it's always a bit difficult when we've got several voices coming through but, but your passion really is coming through over the radio so thank you very very much indeed it was lovely to speak to both of you Serene Gian and Serene sorry Nisreen El Makouk they are the <laughs> co-founders of Cam Kalima I probably murdered both of your names I'm so sorry for that but it's a pleasure to have you on the radio thank you very much indeed pleasure Uh, we wish you thank you we wish you all the best in future with your company you're listening to starting up on the agenda on dubai 103.8
1: with virtue zone business setup with no regrets.
0: Hello there, welcome back. 11.40, welcome back to The Agenda. Welcome back to Starting Up. It is time for us to meet our Starting Up success story. Uh, I'm joined in the studio today, uh, not just by that success story, but also uh, Paul Bryson, who is the Group Commercial Director for VirtuZone. He is here to give his business insights, to help me grill the guests and to get down to the nitty gritty of what it really is like to be the man behind a business. Now, one man behind business is rob riding he is the director one of the directors of harness food who are a creative basically a, a catering company uh, that was set up to revolutionize the dubai school catering market so not a small desire there rob not not a small quest uh, why oh. did you set the company up uh, love, first of all lovely to have you on the program love Welcome. To have,
1: thank you for having me it's fantastic to be here so, it, the company was actually just formed out of adversity. I was uh, I was in aviation. I was a pilot, um, and for seventeen years I worked for a large local company here. No names mentioned, but um,
0: I un- love it when we do that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I think we walk out. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. No, Unfortun- unfortunately, uh, you know, through the, the COVID pandemic, that uh, I was one of two and a half thousand Airbus pilots that was that was made redundant. Uh, my son my youngest son who's 25 just finished his university degree came to dubai in the pandemic um wrote his finals here at home and then that's happened with my job and we looked around and a number of years ago my brother was in catering and he was going to investigate doing the school catering gig that didn't work out but we decided to didn't want to leave dubai we love living here um it's you know safe it's all the, all good reasons that we live here so we decided to Put some roots uh, or some feelers out and um we got the opportunity to tender for a contract at the school um the school has we, we probably have 2100 uh, people on site every day at the high school and the primary school about 1100 so, that's a
0: huge number of staff. To go for, from just a small <sighs> setup to that many people straight up, that's extraordinary.
1: So, yeah, it's been very interesting, George. You know, the, the in the beginning, it was it was tough because of COVID restrictions. Um, lots of restrictions in terms of contactless payments. We couldn't serve everything in sort of box takeaway, box type uh, meals. But we served 135,000 meals last year, um, and we have 21 staff members working for us full-time. So I'm very proud of what we've done there.
2: That's massive numbers, huh? Yeah. I think I ate about 135,000 meals last year, in fairness. <laughs> but um, it's, you know, this is obviously quite a hot topic in the UK as well. You know, if, if you pay attention to that, um, you know, Jamie Oliver has been trying to, the, the famous UK chef has been revolutionising the school meals market. Um Presumably here, it's not all chicken nuggets and french fries. We're looking at doing something a little bit different. Is, is that right? Or what's Well, your absolutely. Concept?
1: So we've just, with my oldest son, has just come into the business as well. Um, and he studied sports science and nutrition. So he has, basically, we've gone through a rebranding for the company. If you look at our website, um, we're also doing... Mm-hmm working very, very hard with the school, our well, motto is fueling tomorrow's minds. Um, we don't just represent our company but we, we're part of the responsibility of, of working with the school to make sure that you know, we look after their health. So there's absolutely the, the menus have all been changed. We have a three week menu rotation mm-hmm. and it's all focused on health and, and
2: And what 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 inspires those menus? Do you do you do something local? Uh, do we look at kinda of in the region, some sort of Arabic
1: theme or what what inspires the menus? where do they come from? So the, the menus are developed through a nutrition and through feedback. Uh, basically, we, we ask the school for, for them to give us feedback. The senior leadership team will come to us and say, look, we want to make sure that there's nutrition, there's this, there's that. Um, the school that we are at is also a very big sporting school. Mm-hmm. So we are very excited to be launching a uh, nutritious meal plan very soon, and the school will be our, will be sponsoring it for the Dubai Sevens. So it'll be uh, a test bed for us to have a meal plan through the day with all the calories, uh, not calories, but the you know the macronutrients, the micronutrients, all the the right stuff mm. that goes into it. These are things that I think never existed when I was at school. Also,
2: they right? definitely never heard
1: micronutrients
2: or anything like that. No, no, and I hated no. the school meal. <laughs> well, everyone
0: hated the schools meals, didn't they? I mean, that's the that's the big question. How do you make sure the kids like the food? Because obviously, as a parent, I know what I want my children to be eating. I'd like it to be green and nutritious and and healthy and 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 have no uh you know no fake stuff in it but my kids like chicken nuggets and chips and gummy bears
1: oh believe me there's um that the if it was up to the children on their own they would probably especially the younger ones they would probably like the fried stuff and things but we not obviously don't do that what we've been very lucky with this school is that they're very supportive of us and have helped us to gain feedback from the students and teachers um, and that feedback, we actually just did a survey recently, and uh, we had about nine hundred um, of the school students gave, gave back feedback to us. Mm-hmm. We also have a working committee with some of the school students that come in and discuss these things with us. You know, what do you like? What do you do, what don't you like? Um, okay. So that's what that's the kind of level we get into.
2: And and we're get we're getting tight for time on the interview no because we've overrun before. So I <laughs> wanted to ask you. How did you find that jump? Is this the, f- this the first startup you've ever had? And what's that jump like from being in a
1: corporate environment and employed to being on your own?
2: Because that's what people are scared of, I think.
1: Well, Paul, I think that's massive uh, for us. You know, it was very intimidating in the beginning, but um, I have a very strong family structure and, and my, my son, having studied economics, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's just entrepreneur, written all okay. over him. So it was tough, but yeah. Well,
2: I think with family around, it'll make it easier, right? It'll help you drive together. I love the idea. That yeah, that that's
0: a family business. Yes. I really love that. And then
2: last one before we, we draw the line, what's next for the business when it comes to growth? Is it easy to expand? What, what's your plans?
1: Our plan is to be, we're looking at try, we're trying to get into three of the premium schools in Dubai in the next three years. Um, so we hopefully have an opportunity coming up next year. I can't discuss that detail of that, but... We have been approached, which is nice to be approached by other schools. That means you're doing something right, yeah? Yeah. And uh, I mean,
2: obviously, good luck with that. It's great to have these kind of audacious goals to try and revolutionise and take over that market. We wish you the best of luck. And, you know, virtues are always there to support you every step of the way as
1: we are at the moment.
0: Amazing well, to have you with us Rob thank you honestly. So much. Uh, thank fantastic. You. Are, are you allowed to say which school you cater for at the moment?
1: Um, I'm unfortunately can't do that. You not? Yeah.
0: Cuz I was a bit like send my kids there yeah. so <laughs> <that was> brilliant. <laughs> I yeah. suppose you can't really choose a school just because of the catering but it's tempting <laughs> having heard you speak. That's um, so lovely. Um, lovely. You. Rob thank riding there one of the uh, directors of Harness Foods. Thanks for joining us Thank on the you studio. so much.
1: And Thank you to VirtuZone as well. Oh, yes.
0: a pleasure to have you with us. This is starting up on the agenda on Dubai 103.8
1: with VirtuZone. Business setup with no regrets.
0: Right, this is the moment when I put Paul to serious work. Paul from VirtuZone here to answer your questions on how to set up a company. Uh, anything you want, literally get in touch. You've got about four minutes. Four double zero one, or you can message zero four eight seven one double five double zero. Paul, we're going to do a quick fire session mm. so that we can get through all the questions that have come in. Uh, first up, this message come in. How can I sell within the UAE if I'm based in a free zone?
1: Ooh, yeah.
2: it's a tricky well, one. No, it is, it is. It's a common question as well, though, right? Um, you can sell in the free zone where you're based. That's fine. Uh, if you want to sell a product perhaps online um, and, and distribute to other parts of the UE outside of that free zone, it's really easy. You just work through a distributor who will import your product onto the mainland and you can ship it out via an RMX or DHL or any logistics partners. Very easy and straightforward. Or you can set up, if it's busy and if you're busy enough, set up in the mainland as well and get a second licence.
0: Oh, interesting. OK, I'd like to set up a company, this is from Hamid, to host after-school activities for children. Is there a best free zone to do that?
2: Now, that's a bit more of a tricky and specific question. It's not an everyday question. Um, The one thing, perhaps it's not going to be in a free zone. Um, Free zones might not necessarily have business activities that will cover that. So you probably need to be in the mainland, but not just anyone can look after kids. Okay, and there's a lot of special requirements and permits required for that. So typical Dubai, there's a little bit of bureaucracy, but there is a way to do it. A bit of red tape, but a way to do it. Um, if we're looking at activities, perhaps sports or something along those lines, then yes, you can set up a sports club and kids can go there and learn football or basketball. That's not a problem. But if we're looking at some sort of child minding and daycare thing that's a little bit different it's a bit more uh, in-depth so it's definitely worth having a conversation about that to really understand what that business is
0: that is quite reassuring as a mother you want it to be tricky for people to set things like that up uh, Sharina says what comes first the company name or a bank account i'm struggling with both
2: yeah. Um, <laughs> we've, we've set up about 400 bank accounts since July. Well, we've, 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 we've assisted with the, the opening of 400 accounts. So uh, banking is difficult uh, in the region in general. Uh, but again, you know, it's something that we're able to assist with. You need the company name first. you. So you need the name. You need to finish the setup of the company. But then you don't just get the bank account. You need to open a labour file. You need someone to have a visa. Okay, and once they have a visa, it doesn't need to be on the company. But once someone has a visa, that person can sign on behalf of the bank account. So there's a few steps that need to be taken care of before you can get the bank account. It's not that simple.
0: Okay, we're doing well on this quickfire thing. We've got 30 seconds to go. Gillian says, I want to set up a company, but I don't need an office. How can I do that?
2: yeah yes uh, again that's another another common one most people uh, particularly in the startup market we assist a lot of startups uh, they don't want a fully fledged office with a lock and key and a because you, you don't need it now no, you don't you don't you Dep- can hang
0: out at a coffee shop you know Always. a we work place
2: yeah so they're popping up we work we work a lot uh, in dwtc their their offerings fantastic there's a few others in and around uh, dubai that we work with also um, In order to get your trade license for the company, you'll need some sort of registered address, but that can be a piece of paper with a co-working space. But you'll need something legitimate so that you can show it to the bank. So it's not about getting your company set up, it's about getting your bank account set up. So to get the bank account, you need some sort of legible tenancy contract or a jar. You can't say I work from Starbucks. So you'll need something there. Um, But there are bare minimum tick-in-the-box requirements, and the bank are aware of that, and, and that's something that we can assist with. But you should... Always, always do your due diligence on these Ajaris and tenancy contracts, because people do hand them out around town like they're pieces of scrap paper. So you need to be careful.
0: Oh, interesting. Uh, A good warning there. Amazing that we got through so many questions in such a short amount of time. Really put on the spot there. Uh, That's Paul Bryson, the Croup Commercial Director for VirtuZone. Uh, New to me, but he's been on Starting Up several times in the past. And actually the more we speak, the more I think that we've hosted together in the past, maybe five years ago. It's a possibility. Or maybe Uh,
2: some sort of interview or something. Exactly.
0: Uh, But it's been a great pleasure hosting this episode of Starting Up with a bit of a focus on schools and ed tech. We will be back again next week we're going to be focusing on social action entrepreneurs uh next week so uh tune in from 11 and if you've just tuned in now and you missed most of the episode make sure you download it Uh, you just need to go to dubaii1038.com and look for starting out paul it's been a pleasure see you next week maybe
2: perhaps let's see what petchy says when he gets back in the office yeah all depends on neil He
0: he likes his airtime he likes his airtime but paul it's been a real
5: pleasure